Streaming and serving Anna Fayetteville, Georgia, you are listening to the New Vision Church Podcast, a community to belong, be loved, and believe. Let's check out today's message. Uh, Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about, uh, or this is the second week in our series called Relationship Status. And, and you know, we we talked about last week how important relationships are. Uh, In fact, um, all of us have relationships, and sometimes those relationships work well, but other times, quite honestly, we we can struggle and have challenges in these relationships. Uh, Every relationship, unfortunately, doesn't always work out the way we want it to. And, uh, and sometimes our heart gets broken. Sometimes lives are shattered by this. And it's important for us to make sure that if you're a child of God walking with God, you want to make sure that your relationship with God is what it needs to be because that's going to directly affect all the other relationships around you. And, and so if the other relationships around you aren't going the way they need or could go, maybe you should ask this question and say, all right, if those relationships horizontally are not going well, then maybe my relationship with God needs to be inspected. Let me inspect my relationship with God. Let me make sure that's right first. And that relationship being right will then help every other relationship at least be what God and what you are attempting it to be. Now, every relationship, right, takes two. So you just need to do your part. You can't change someone else, but you can't allow God to change you. And and so when we are having these relationship challenges and we come to our status, right, updates sometimes and we say, oh, you know, well, this one's complicated. (laughs) Y'all remember when we used to do those kind of things? And we used to say, oh, you know, this relationship is broken. Or this relationship, right, is, is promising, or sometimes you would just put the little heart right, right there in your relationship status. You, you remember that, right? And, and today, there's probably, if we all had these little bubbles that could appear over our head, you know, we would all have a relationship status and it would maybe perhaps show a different emoji. It, it would perhaps, you know, some of your thought bubbles would just be, still be forming because you're like, I don't know what this relationship is yet, right? I don't know what's going on. I don't know why we are where we are. But it's important for us to be evaluating relationships because, as I said last week, relationships are valuable. Relationships really do matter to God, and because they matter to God, they should matter to us. The way that we interact with other people, the way that we treat other people really does matter, and it reveals a lot, not just about God, it reveals a lot about you. You know, yesterday I, was, I got a little frustrated at some, some drivers going to this Christian concert. Yeah. I'm like, man, don't call yourself a Christian. Right? And then I had to check myself and say, okay, am I being Christ-like? Because I was like, some road rage is about to come out. Because, I mean, they were just like cutting in front of everybody, you know, speeding over, and I'm just like, dude, we're all going to get there. It's like, look, I'm probably still going to beat you. Right? And, and so, you know, sometimes, right, we, we get in these moments where we justify, oh, well, it doesn't matter if I'm a Christian, I can still do this. Right? And, and what we need to ask ourselves is like, because I'm a Christian, should I still do this? Because now I've given my life to Jesus, does this, does this, is it okay for me to still do this? Because let me tell you this, there are some things that right now might be acceptable to you or even to God. But as you grow and mature, you're going to realize, you know, God's going to say, you know what? When you were young in your faith, that was okay. But you know what? How about put that aside now? Y'all remember in the Bible, it says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I act like a child, right? 
And so if you're a baby Christian and you're still like, I got Jesus, okay. Okay, right? Y'all seen that new Liberty commercial, Liberty Mutual, right? Where the baby, the first word is like Liberty, right? <laughs> right? And so some of us, right, our, our first words, the only thing we can say is just Jesus, Jesus, okay, that's good. But I'm telling you, if that's the only thing you're still saying at 20 years in your walk of faith, right, you might need to lay aside some things. You might need to change your relationship with God a little bit because God doesn't want us to still be babies. Even Peter said, you know, when you were young, you know, you, you, you drank the pure milk of the word. But how about some meat, Right? How about, how about let's grow up in the faith? Let's, let's move a little bit closer to God because here's the fact of the matter. We just sang that song. As I draw near, the Bible tells us this. God is what? He's a consuming fire. If you're going to draw near to a fire, you're going to start feeling some heat. Anybody been feeling some heat lately? Oh, yeah, I'm telling you. I feel like the heat's been ramped up like another 10 or 15 degrees in my life. That, that if we're going to draw near and see, he's a consuming fire, and, and so he's going to start burning out some impurities. He's going to start, listen, the Bible tells us this, that God wants a church without spot or wrinkle. Now look, I do like to iron my clothes. And I do like starch. You know why I like starch? Because I don't want to see any wrinkles. I wish I could starch my face. <laughs> no, I'm not doing Botox. No, no I'm not doing that. But if God wants to present a church without spot or wrinkle, let me tell you this, he's going to iron some things out in your life. He's going to apply some heat and some pressure and say, do you really need this? Is this really necessary in your life? Because maybe you need to put aside some childish things. Maybe you need to grow up a little bit. And you need to start saying, okay, what really matters in my relationships with those around me and what really matters to my relationship with God? You see, your vertical relationship, as I already said, affects your horizontal relationships. And your horizontal relationships are going to be a great, great indicator of how your relationship is with God. We looked at this verse last week, that the foremost Commandment is this, hear Israel, the Lord our God is the, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And so this week, I've entitled the message, Love Indeed. Love Indeed. You see, what is really love? When you think about how you would define love, and by the way, Valentine's Day is, is Wednesday, you know, in case you didn't know. Um, they're estimating this year Americans, people like you, are going to spend $25 billion on Valentine's Day. $25 billion on one day to celebrate love. This is how important love is, or we think it is, right? But sometimes, right, we're not spending that love um, that money, because we truly love, we're spending that money to get love. We're spending that money trying to impress. We're spending that money out of guilt. We're doing certain, we're going to spend all this money and we're going to call it love, but it's really not love. They say that the average person, you know, when you break all that down, it's going to be like $198 a person, so y'all get ready. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, not me, I'm single. Right. I'm planning to stay single through Valentine's Day. <laughs> so, so how do you know if it's truly love? How do you know if it's truly love, right? Hadaway said, what is love? Right, yeah, you guys know. Tina Turner said, what's love got to do with it? Right? Pat Benatar said, love is a battlefield, amen? There's a lot of ways that people try to define what love is. And we've all heard sermons around what love is, you know, year after year after year. I've, I've done those sermons myself here, but, but I, I want to just focus in on what is biblical love. What, what is God's definition of love? Because sometimes I think that that gets lost on us. That, that we, we use the word love flippantly. We use the word and we devalue that word because, well, we kind of associate love with almost everything in our life. We, we say love all the time and we should probably just be saying, well, I kind of like it. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have an affection for it. But, but what does it mean to really have biblical love? You see, biblical love is vastly different than worldly or cultural love. It's, it's, it's really completely otherworldly. We're talking about God's love and biblical love and what the love is that we should have for one another. Let me tell you this. It's going to be completely different. The way that we are interacting with, the, with one another and the way that we should treat one another is vastly different than the world does. You see, the worldly love or cultural love defines it this way, a feeling that influences my decisions on what I do for someone else. Okay, it's a feeling that influences my decisions on how I treat you. And oftentimes, honestly, if we're all honest about this, the feelings that we feel are not really about them. It's more about us. What am I going to get out of this relationship? So I've got feelings for you, but you know what? I'm going to do what I'm going to do because I want to get something back from you. So I have these feelings, but until you change my feelings, if you do something I don't like and it changes my feelings, then you know what? I don't love you anymore. How often have we heard that? I don't love you anymore. Oh, no, no, no. It's not you. It's me. No, it's really, it's really you. You did something to cause me to not want to be with you, right? But biblical love, however, is, is quite different than that. Biblical love is a decision for action that will benefit another. You notice the word feeling ain't in there. Because biblical love has nothing to do with your feelings. You can actually love someone without feeling it. Because that's, you see, this is where Jesus kind of blows everything up and he says, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God. Okay, I, I have feelings about that, but love your enemy? Uh-uh. Nope. I don't even know, God, how you can, Jesus, how can you even say that? Love your enemies. Because he said this, it don't have anything to do with your feelings. It has everything to do with your decisions. It has everything to do with how you decide to treat another. And that has nothing to do with your feelings. So what we've got to understand is this, is some of us are relying too much on our feelings to make decisions about how we treat others instead of more about our decisions to honor and worship God through our relationships with others. 
Because you see, ultimately, if we say that we worship God, then we do what God says, regardless of how we feel. The reason a lot of relationships are conflicted today is because we're operating from a worldly or cultural definition of love instead of God's biblical definition. And many people feel like love is an optional thing. It's something we practice when we feel like it. Yeah, today I'm in love. Tomorrow, I don't know, I might not be in love. So many people say, oh yeah, you know, we fell in love. Let me tell you this, if you fell in love, you can fall out of it. And some of y'all are falling, <laughs> right? Out. And what we've got to understand is this, is that, yeah, love, if we're talking about feelings, feelings are fragile. Hello? And this is why some people are just walking this little tightrope, right? Oh, let me be careful because your feelings are so fragile. Look, you've got you to understand, God is not calling you to a feeling-based relationship. And this is one of the things that sometimes I have problems with you know, with a lot of churches because they want to stir everybody's feelings up. Oh, yeah, you know, we feel so good about God today. And five minutes as soon as the service is over, you're out there acting like you're not, you did, hadn't even been with God. How is that? Because, well, the feeling stopped. I didn't feel God right now. Let me, let me just tell you this. There are going to be a lot of days when you're not going to feel God. But that doesn't mean God's not there. It doesn't mean that God's word changed. It just means that your feelings changed. It just means that you walked into a different room. And in that room, that room was, a, the temperature was off a little bit. But you know what? Your temperature doesn't have to be changed just because the room changed. Right? You can be consistent because God never changes. So why are you relying on something that changes all the time? Listen, if your relationship with God is up and down, up and down, up and down, I'm telling you, you're not having a consistent relationship with God. Because God doesn't change. You're the one changing. And you're relying too much on your feelings. Feelings are not a good indicator of your relationship with God. Nor are they a good, relation, uh, good indicator of your relationship with someone else. Because I'm telling you this, there's so many people, so many people, that you're not going to feel like loving. But you know what God says? Get over it. Love them anyway. Because it's not about your feelings. It's about his commandments. And what did he say? He said, love one another. He said, even love your enemies and pray for those who, who despitefully persecute you. Let me tell you this, right? If you're having a hard time loving that person, you better start praying for them. Because if you start praying, it's really hard to hate somebody you're praying for. And so, if you start praying, you're going to find this out. God may not change them, but he's going to change you. And this is why a lot of people don't want to pray, because they don't want to be changed. They always think the answer, the answer is someone else. The answer is, or the problem is you. The problem is you. No, the problem might be you. And so, we don't want to draw near to God, because, well, that fire's a little hot. And there might be some impurities. There might be some wrinkles that God needs to iron out of my life, and we don't want to see it. Hmm. You see, love is not optional. Love is commanded. Now, you ever thought about this? I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, why does Jesus have to command us to love? Here's why. Let me tell you. Look, we're commanded to love God. We're commanded to love our neighbors. We're commanded to love even our enemies. 
These commands encompass every area of our life. So why is it that God and Jesus have to tell us, have to command us to love? Why is that? Isn't that crazy? You would think, oh, well, love is natural. No. You might, you might mistake that for cultural or worldly love. Oh, I have these natural feelings. But biblical love may not be natural. It has to be supernatural. Hello? I got some Nigerian brothers here. In, uh, in, in Nigeria, when, when we go over there, and you go into a classroom, right? It's really cool. You walk into a class, classroom, and one person will hit the, they hit the desk, and they go. <laughs> right? Am I telling the truth? Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and so when you walk over there and you say, you say hi, they, or hello, they say hi. The whole class, right? They all say hi. Hello. Hi. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Let me go on to Nigeria, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, yeah, okay. Back to the sermon. Right, sometimes, right, we forget the simple things in life. That, that when we talk about love, right, we just mistake and we think, oh, it's all about my feelings. It's all about me being enamored with how I feel about somebody. But that is not true. And so this is why Jesus, this is why God commands us to love. Because he knows it's not going to be natural to you. It's only natural to him because he is love. And so if you're a follower of Christ, if you're a follower of God, right, his love is going to be imparted in you, but you're going to have to act on it. Love indeed. It's only truly love if you're acting on it. Because love isn't a feeling, look, you can't command your feelings. Wouldn't it be great if you could? Man, I want to feel great, right? This is why some people just look in the mirror every morning, you know, I'm going to say these affirmations. I'm going to tell myself, feel good, 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 right? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say all this until I feel it. And you know what? You can stay there all day and you may not feel it. Because you can't just turn your switch on. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to be on today. But you can command decisions. You can decide to still do the right thing even though you don't want to. You can still choose love. You see, love isn't a feeling. It's a choice. And this is the crazy thing, is that everybody can choose it. Everybody can choose to follow that command. Everybody in this room has the capacity to love. So it's not always going to feel good to do good. It's not always going to feel right to do what's right. But it's still right to do what's good, and it's still good to do what's right. Y'all can take a picture of that so I don't have to say it again. <laughs> you see, far too often we rely on our feelings to carry us where our decisions should take us. Oh, you know, I'm just not feeling like loving anybody today. That's, yeah, it is crazy. But, but I'm telling you this, this is how people live. This is how people live. You have to decide and say, you know what, I'm going to make an effort. I'm going to move toward you. I'm going I'm to move this way, even though I don't feel like it, right? I'm going to consciously make a decision to move toward you. Listen, anybody who's been in an argument or a fight with a spouse, you understand this. 
because you know it don't always feel good to take that step forward. To say, hey, let's move toward each other. Yeah, right now it's a little uncomfortable, but you know what? I'm going to tell you this. Life is uncomfortable. And what, what we've got a problem is we've got too many Christians like today. You know, there's going to be a lot of sofa, armchair quarterbacks telling everybody what Mahomes and, and Purdy should do to win. And you know what? We can, we can make all the judgment calls we want, but you ain't in the game. And I'm going to tell you this. We've got a lot of, lot of so-called Christians, a lot of people going to church saying, you should do this, you should do this. And let me tell you this, you ain't in the game. You ain't in the game. You see, we've got to be making some uncomfortable steps. And I'm going to tell you this today. Some of those guys are going to get hit harder than they've ever been hit before. And I'm going to tell you this. If you get up out of your seat and you choose to get in the game, you're going to get hit. And you're going to be like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. You're going to get hit. But you know what you got to do? You got to get up and you got to keep moving forward. You got to get up and you got to keep still moving toward that person. Let me get to some scripture here. Ephesians chapter 5. Look at what it says. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. Just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Be imitators of God. God is love. We just talked about that, that God is love. And so what he's saying is this, is that if you are not imitating God in love, then you have to scratch your head and others are scratching their head saying, wow, do you really have a relationship with God? Do you really know him? Because there are a lot of people, listen, we can come to church and we can put a mask on for a little bit. We can act, you know, we can, we can go through a little, you know, kind of just imitating some things here and it's a bad imitation. You walk out, and the mask goes back into the trunk or into the glove, you know, compartment. But he says, walk in love as his children. One of the things that you guys probably remember this happening. That's a Bigfoot, isn't it? Y'all didn't know Bigfoot existed. He does. This is a size 13. I wear a size nine and a half. But y'all seen this happen before, right? Right, where the kid comes home, right? Yeah, 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 I had to put on something colorful. Because y'all were like, oh, you're the man dressed in black today, yeah? Well, I had the surprise. That's right. But y'all had, right, the kids who do this, right? And they put these shoes on. Uh, let me, let me. There we go. Now, now we're having some church, right? Because see, see, this is what happens, right? Is that he says, you're supposed to walk, right? But, but some of y'all, right, as children, right, you're putting on your parents' shoes and you're like, man, they don't fit. You know, and but you know, a kid, when you see your child, your child put their, your daddy's shoes on, you don't say, "Man, take those off. Those don't fit you. Those are not your shoes." No, you're like, look at them. They're trying to be like me. They're trying to imitate me. 
And so, God, listen, if you're a child and you're putting on your daddy's shoes and you're clumping around just trying to love people, keep them on. Keep them on. Because here's the thing, is that one day you're going to grow into those shoes. One day you're going to grow up. One day you're going to be able to walk a little bit better in those shoes because those shoes fit you. And you fit those shoes. Listen, we're never going to be perfect. We're never going to love the way that God loves perfectly. But we are told to walk in love just as Christ loved us. What does that look like? Well, he told us. He said, take up your own cross. Listen, the reason he said take up your own cross is because you can't take up his. He's not calling you to die for the world. He's calling you to die to yourself. He's not, he's not asking you to be the Savior of everyone. He's just saying, trust Him as your Savior. He's saying this. Look, He gave Himself up as an offering, a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. We've got some big shoes to fill, amen? But the thing is this, is that God's not going to call us to uh, command us to do something without equipping us to do it. These shoes don't fit me. But he's got some shoes for you that will fit. He's got some shoes that he wants you to wear, but you've got to choose to put them on. You've got to choose to walk in love the way that he has loved you. So many of our relationships are based more on likes and dislikes than actual love for God or one another. It's like, ah, oh, you know, we, we, we like things, we dislike things. We, we can, you know, dis unfriend people. We can walk away from relationships, and it's just like, oh, you know, I'll get another one because we treat people like they're disposable. That's not the way God treats us. Some people are like, well, why didn't God just create a whole other race? Why didn't God just create a whole other place? Because your relationship with him matters because you're valuable. Sure, could God have created another race? Could God have created it? Yes, he could have, but he chose not to because he values you. So instead of creating a whole other race, a whole other group of people that were just going to worship him, he said, no, I'm going to instead send my son to die for the people who chose to reject me. And I'm going to demonstrate a love to them that they can't even understand. But to the ones who are going to believe that I love them in spite of themselves, I will give them the capacity to love just like I can love. I will put that love in them. You see, our actions need to override our emotions. And sometimes we need to just do the right thing even though it don't feel right. Sometimes we just need to do good even though you might be tired of doing good. You know what? Do good anyway. God doesn't ask us if we feel like loving. He simply tells us to do what he showed us to do. God's not going to wake up, you know, wake you up tomorrow and say, hey, how do you feel like loving today? Do you feel like it? Oh, you don't feel like it? Okay, stay in bed. No, you know, your boss might be like that. You might say, hey, I, got, I need a sick day. I'm just going to stay in bed. You know, it's like I don't feel like going to work today. Your boss might do that. But I'm going to tell you this. God's not going to give you a break on loving other people. God's not going to give you a break when you just feel like, you know, I'm tired of it. I don't want to do it anymore. Talk to Jesus about that. Because look at this, it says, he gave himself up for us. He gave himself up. What are you willing to give up? 
Hmm. Man, I'm telling you this. Today's a big day, you know, Super Bowl is the biggest game. It's going to be the most watched, you know, TV event of all year. The biggest event all year. And, and it's like, you know, if we were having church tonight, like a service like this tonight, there's a lot of people who'd be like, no way, man, I ain't going to church. No, uh, I ain't missing the big game. Because, because, see, we've got lines on what we're willing to give up for God. Oh, you know, I can watch it online. Later. You know, I can, I can worship God. I can go to church next week. I can do that. Listen, let me tell you this. You don't know how much time you got. So you're making plans for the future, and you're not even taking care of now. I think it's crazy that we're willing to trust God with eternity. We're willing to trust him with our souls, and, but we ain't going to trust him with my bank account. Uh-uh. Listen, your bank account's not going to do you any good once you're gone. And I, so I think it's crazy that we're going to trust God with the most important thing, what we say is our soul, but we're not going to trust him with five minutes, with an hour a week, with a service, with a kindness. Because we've got a lot of con artists, right? C-O-N. Let me, let, me, let me tell you what C-O-N stands for. We've got a lot of people who have the capacity to love. Oh, you know, you're made in the image of God. And God gave himself up for us, and he's created us to be like him. And those who are followers of Christ, he's given you the capacity to love. You have that ability within you. You have the opportunity to love. There are opportunities everywhere around you, I promise you. Even today, you're going to have some opportunity to show people love. You're, but you're going to have to act on it. You're going to have to make a decision on it. You're not, you might not feel like it, but you have the opportunity to love. And the end? What, what is the end? Well, you choose not to love. That's why you're a con. You've you got capacity, you've got opportunity, but you choose not to do it. And so we got so many con artists, so many people that say they're Christians, so many people that say they love God, and yet they have the capacity, opportunity, and choose not to do it. Ephesians 5, 6, we continue on in that passage. It says, see that no one deceives you with empty words. Man, there are a lot of people who talk all kinds of stuff about love. Oh, love, I love God, love, I love people, I love, really? What, what have you done lately to show and demonstrate your love for God? He says, see to it that no one deceives you with empty words for these, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon, look at this, the sons of disobedience. The sons of disobedience. That means that the people who could be obedient chose not to be. The people who had capacity to love, the people who had the opportunity to love, chose not to. They were disobedient. Don't, don't underestimate your capability to truly love others. But like this verse says, people, people can talk a good game, can't they? I mean, man, there's going to be a lot of smack talking going on today in that game. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to be talking trash to each other, right? And people who's, who's going to play up their game and talk about this or that. You're going to talk up your team. Let me tell you this. I hate to bring this up to y'all, but I got to do it. A few years ago with the Falcons and the Patriots. And I am a Patriots fan. And we had a Super Bowl party here. And man, there were people talking so much junk, so much trash in my face, telling me to get out of my own church. 
And I mean, I'm telling y'all the truth. I was getting a lot of hate that day. All the way up until the fourth quarter. And I just sat there and took it. What? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm still in therapy, y'all. But, 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 but look. I mean, everybody was just like, see, see, see. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, right? And I'm just like, just wait. It ain't over. I mean, you can celebrate at the end, right? You can celebrate at the end, and people were just all over in my face, all this kind of stuff. And man, then Brady, then Brady did what only Brady could do. Win. Yeah, right. And I'm telling you this. I mean, there were students over here. I won't name any names. We all know who they are. I'm saying that's where they were sitting. That's where they were sitting. Because I had, been, I had been isolated to my own island over here. And so everybody was sitting over here, and man, they were getting up and running over here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then when Brady came back, I'm just sitting over there, and they're like, <laughs> I mean, there were crocodile tears coming down. I mean, they were stunned. They couldn't believe it. I, 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 was, I was having a good chuckle. But, but see, the thing about it is everybody can talk a good game. Everybody can say, oh, you know, get all hyped and all excited about this. And then, you know, the tables turn. And it's like, how are you going to respond then? Now, they can tell you, I didn't get all up in their face and say, yeah, 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 go ahead, cry some more, cry some more. I, I didn't do that. Inside, I probably did want to. Yeah. It's being recorded, too. But you see, the thing about it is this, is that we have a choice. We can demonstrate love. That even if people are in your face, even if people are saying things to you and they're trying to do all this and that, you know, you have a choice. Just because someone treats you a certain way doesn't mean you have to respond in the same way. Just because someone says unkind to you, uh, and, and listen, the Bible says this, that a kind word, what, turns away wrath. When somebody's getting all boisterous and, and flamboyant in your face, right? You know, let's just say, I love you. I don't know what to do with that. What, what, what do you mean you love me? I love you. Uh, okay, uh, could you not say that, please? Don't tell me you love me. I don't want to hear you love me, right? Right, yeah, it's just they want you to get all riled up. And it's like when you choose to not respond in the same way, right? You got, you, you got to fight different. And so look at what Ephesians 5, 7 says. Therefore, don't become partners with them. It takes two to tango. It takes two to, to do that like dance, right? Where it's like, okay, we're both going to be arguing. Go, no, diffuse it. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So look at what he says. He says, put on your shoes. And walk as children as light. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light, look at this, consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. As you try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Walk. Walk as children of God. Walk as children of light. And then we see in that same passage, Ephesians 5. So then, be careful how you walk. I wish I could play Aerosmith's, walk this way, right? Because I think that's what the scripture is saying. 
Ephesians 5 is saying, walk this way. Do it like this. And some of you are like, well, these shoes don't fit. Well, look, try to be like your daddy. And put the shoes on and let him help you learn how to walk that way. So many of us are trying to imitate other people instead of God. Isn't it crazy? That everybody, man, we got so many influencers out there saying, imitate me, imitate me. And some of you might even want to be like that. Imitate me, imitate me. When everybody should be saying, imitate God. You're not like him, so no, I ain't following you. Listen, it's not easy to be like Jesus. We talked about that. Look at what 1 John chapter 3, verse 11 through 12 says. For this is the message which we heard from the beginning, that we are to love one another, not as Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. I mean, these guys, right, the sibling rivalry is right from the very beginning. We shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be surprised whenever there's fighting in a family. This is going to be something that's been happening, right, all of, all of our creation and history. But, but listen, there's a different response, and for what reason did he murder him, right? It's like, there, no reason. He was just angry, upset, jealous. Look, it says, because his own deeds were evil, but his brothers were righteous. You see, we're supposed to love indeed. His deeds were evil, and it came out in evil actions. His, his love was corrupt. It was hatred. It was envy. It was jealousy. It was lust. It was a convoluted love for self. And let me tell you this. We all have that capacity within us. And there are going to be opportunities that you're going to have to act out of that kind of love. But that's a worldly love. It's not biblical love. Biblical love says this, that I'm going to make a decision to do what's right for you, what's good for you, even if it hurts me. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers and sisters. But whoever has worldly goods and sees his brother or sister in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God remain in him? Little children, let's not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. Let us not just say, well, I feel like loving today, so I'll do something nice. Listen, we're to love not with just our words, not just saying it, but we're actually supposed to do things because of it. This is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Okay? So, Band, if you guys want to come on up, I'm about to wrap it up here. John starts out this passage and he says, I got one commandment for you that starts with this, your relationship with God. How's your relationship with God? Do you, do you have a vertical relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because he says that's where it starts. Listen, this is the gospel that Jesus Christ, the perfect son of God, came and gave himself, died on a cross for your and my sin, was buried just like he said he would be, but rose again on the third day just like he said he would. 
and he has ascended to the Father. And the Bible tells us this, this same Jesus in Acts, it tells us this same Jesus, the one who died and rose again, this same Jesus is going to come again. And only those who have put their faith and trust in him will be with him forever. That is the gospel. And so he says, this is the commandment. The first commandment is believe in his name. The Bible says this, that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anyone who confesses Jesus Christ as Lord will be saved. But that is not just a confession. You see, with that confession, there's repentance. With that confession, there's a turning away from the old way we live to a new way of living. When we make that confession, Jesus Christ, his Holy Spirit, comes to live inside of us, and he now gives us the capacity to love this way. He now gives us the opportunities to love this way, and we have the choice, the decision to make, will we love this way? So he says that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and we love one another just as he commanded us to do. So you know one of the marks of you being a follower of Jesus is that you're loving one another even when you don't feel like it. Yeah, you, you, you can kind of have a barometer and say, you know, how's, how's my love barometer going, right? Am I, am I truly loving God? Am I truly loving others? Because the one who keeps his commandments, look at this, remains in him and he in him. We know by this that he remains in us by the spirit whom he has given us. That we will know that we are his followers, his children. And the world will know that we are his followers, How? by our love for one another. So let me ask you, are your feelings influencing too much of your decisions in doing and showing love? Are your feelings too involved in making your decisions on how you show love to one another? Second question, what opportunities has God placed before you to choose love? Because I'm telling you this, it's not always going to be easy to choose love. But I can tell you this too. I've been at this church long enough now that I've seen God work through people who have made willful decisions to choose love even when everybody else was saying, don't do it. Don't choose love. Keep them at a distance. Don't forgive. You have a right. You can, you can justify it. But I'm going to tell you this. It doesn't matter what the world says. What does God say? And God says, choose love. God says, forgive. Have you have been forgiven? God says, move toward them. Even when you don't feel like it. Because that's what he did. Let me tell you this. If it was all based on God saving us, Jesus dying on the cross because it felt good, it wouldn't have happened. If you don't think Jesus suffered on the cross, then you're, you're talking about a different Jesus. Because the God I know, the Jesus I know, went to a cross and he suffered an incredibly horrible and painful death. And so how are we who are supposed to be like him? How do we think we are going to escape if we neglect such a great salvation? That, that we ourselves need to be willing to suffer a little bit. Even in our relationships with each other. To say, you know what? I don't have to fight over this. Because the battle's already been won. And I can humble myself. I don't have to be right. I just have to be like Jesus. So finally, what deed is it that God wants you to choose to do? What deed is it that God wants you to choose so that you can truly love indeed? Maybe 
there's somebody you need to call or message today. Maybe there's a relationship that you need to seek some help with. Maybe there's somebody that you haven't talked to in a long time because there's just been this barrier. Maybe today God is saying, hey, how about you just show some humility and, and, you, and you elevate the relationship higher than the obstacle that this person, that you matter more to me than all the stuff that was in the past. Father God, we thank you for your word today. And we pray that we would be able to fill your shoes. Lord, we pray that you would fill us and help us to walk in love. Help us to walk as children of light. Help us, God, to walk your way and love indeed. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. To learn more about us, please visit our website at newvisionc.com and our socials at New Vision Church and NVC Next Gen. Just look for the round broken V logo and we'll see you soon. God bless.